Welcome to the Conversations with a Coach podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Filer, and I'm a mindset and life coach and lover of great conversations. Some of the ideas, beliefs, and opinions you hear discussed on the podcast might not align with your own, but I would like to challenge you to stay curious and open-minded. If you can do that, you can find value in any conversation and create new perspectives. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Hi, and welcome to episode number six of the Conversations with a Coach pod with me, Tanya Filer. Today's guest is Joe Carney. Joe is a confidence mindset, women empowerment coach. She helps women with developing their self-esteem, bringing them up to take over the world. Um, today's episode, I loved recording. I always enjoy my chats with Joe, and you'll you'll see from the podcast today that she's just so high energy. She's full of life and she just wants the best for everybody. There's a particular part of today's episode I wanted to highlight for you where Joe talks about how having a video go viral on social media affected her. It affected her business, it affected her personally, and it affected how she saw herself and how she believed others saw her and how that impact made her feel like she had to show up as somebody else just to please her followers. Now, I loved hearing Joe be so open and authentic. And as far as I know, she hasn't really talked about some of these issues publicly before. So enjoy the episode. Listen out at the end for some tips Joe has on how to create higher self-confidence and self-esteem for yourself. Um, she also recommends some books at the end. But as always, if you head to the show notes of this episode, I will link everything there for you. If stuff resonates for you here, our Instagrams are linked there. Mine is and Joe's is too. Drop us a message on Instagram. And as always, please share this episode if you found it helpful or if you know somebody that would benefit from it. Anyway, here's today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Conversations with a Coach podcast. And today I have a very amazing guest, my friend, my queen, Joe Carney. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. Hey Boo, thanks for having me. That is yeah, so cute. My friend, my queen. You're my <laughs> friend, my queen. Such a good start, right? Yeah. <laughs> Setting the energy already. So for people that don't know you, why would they not know you? Come on. Can you tell people who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Jo, Jojo, whatever you want to call me. And I am a well, it's a trick. It's kind of like you where you just don't ever know what to call yourself. But I guess I'm a self-love, empowerment, mindset, confidence, all of the above coach to, and I just help women lose that bullshit that's been holding them back <laughs> their entire lives. Just drop the self-doubt, drop the limiting beliefs, drop the stories that they've been telling themselves as to why they can't feel phenomenal and just start living life the way that they deserve to. And that's my gig really. And so because of that, I never really know how to say it, how to kind of give the details because every single person that I work with is so different. And we do, we, we really work intuitively on like what that person needs in that moment. And it is just like a blanket umbrella of all of the things that are holding you back. <laughs> life to just help you just become the most confident sassy take over the world version of you really 
So that's okay. what I do. Yeah, and it's really difficult to put that into an Instagram bio, right? Right. <laughs> like and what is it, like 115 characters or something? Not something enough. Like that. And that's the thing that holds me back in life is the restrictions around the Instagram bio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you say help you get away from the bullshit stories that you tell yourself, how does that look for some of your clients? Can you talk us through what people come to you for help with specifically? Yeah, I mean, it's so many things, but it, do you know what's funny actually is it's so many things, but they all boil down to the exact same thing. And that one thing is just not believing in yourself and your abilities and not believing you deserve to be where you want to be. So many of the stories that people come to me with is, I will be happy when I know that I need to achieve X to make sure that I can live my life the way I want it to. And for a lot of people, they believe that isn't actually somewhere they can get to. That's something reserved for other people. You know, I don't know, so many of my girls, because I used to be a fat loss coach, so many of my clients come to me assuming they want to lose fat. And they go, that will make me happy. That will change my life. And so a lot of the work I do is just helping them to unlearn that. Helping them to unlearn <laughs> that. Actually, I need to change myself to fit what I should be like in the world. And that's, it's so untrue, but you've spent your entire life not thinking that's possible and thinking that you have to change to fit in. But we know that actually standing out is yeah. the best part of life and like be, really being you. And I know you always say about being like unapologetically yourself. Yeah. And I just think so many of us like feel like we need to fit into a box to be accepted but my job really with my girls is just helping them really unlearn all the things that makes them believe they need to fit into a box and makes them believe that will make them happy and help them just to see that like actually it's embracing yourself on a whole and embracing who you are is the key to actually living the life you dream of not losing weight or being a bodybuilder or <laughs> even just like getting a higher up in a career you hate do you know what I mean yeah, anything yeah. like that yeah uh, so yeah that's most of my girls come to me wanting something and my job is to help them see that isn't what they want <laughs> right so completely probably the opposite of the reason they came to you in the first place you said that you used to be a fat loss coach obviously I've known you for a while and I know the journey that you've been on through the last couple of years so why did you move away from that Ooh, oh so many reasons Tan like <laughs> You know when something when you when you've spent so long doing something that just feels a bit icky. It doesn't yeah. feel right. And I spent maybe like three years of my, so I've been a coach for seven years, right? I started as a personal trainer in a gym purely because I found a PT myself and I loved how I felt and I was like I want everyone else to feel this great it's like why most people get into PT right it's that they yep. go oh this really makes me feel good I'm going to help other people see that too throughout the PT experience I realized that I wasn't really training people I was helping them want to be there so helping their mindset to coming in then I moved online because I got so busy on the gym floor and the yeah. same thing was happening. People were coming in and I was helping them lose weight, but I wasn't helping them lose weight. And I'll be honest, Tan, I would say from the get-go, I couldn't care less. And this was probably the biggest red flag, but I couldn't care less whether you lost weight that week 
I yeah. couldn't care less what you ate. I couldn't care less if you went to the gym or not. I cared how you felt about the fact that you did or didn't go to the gym or how you felt about the fact that you did go to the gym and it was like the first time you've ever been. It's like, I care about how you felt about all of the things that I was trying to get you to do. Yeah. Not because it was going to help you achieve the goal you wanted, but because I knew that the feeling of achieving that goal was so much more important than actually achieving the goal. And so maybe last year, I just got to a point where I was like, I am so out of love with with have helping people change their bodies to feel accepted, to feel worthy, to feel loved, to feel important. And actually what I loved doing was helping people feel that without needing to lose weight to do it. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I just, I got to a point where I was like, why on earth am I feeding into the idea that you're not good enough as you are? That's how it felt for me. I was like, I'm literally adding to the problem. And I don't think that's necessarily true for everybody because I think there are some great fat loss coaches out there. And I think that coaches in general do impact and improve people's lives so hugely. I just knew that that wasn't my calling. Like I'll leave that to the other people that really care about macros and training, helping, you know, the exercise improve your your lifestyle in some way. Like I care more about the deep rooted reasons why you're having a sticking point getting to those problems, getting to those solutions. So I don't, you know, with, especially with things like, oh, I just don't know why I can't stop eating. I'm like, most people would probably be like, right, let's find the solution to stop you eating, eat more food here, eat more food there, or have, you know, don't have chocolate in the house and all that. And I'm like, oh, but actually it's not the eating that's the problem. It's the reason you want to turn to food for that comfort to begin with. So let's look at that. It's like, I kind of feel like I've spent the last seven years looking, like zooming into one side of it, Mm. but really... It was the other side that's always going to be the deep-rooted problem that we need to solve before you can even think about the actual physical changes that you need to make, right? Yeah, yeah. So the internal systems and the internal beliefs rather than the external behavior. Yeah, because like we can all tell someone to lose, uh, to eat less and move more to lose fat, right? It's like, duh, of course. Yes, I should probably eat more salads and vegetables. I should probably go for more walks and move my body. But it's there's a reason you're not doing them. Like we all know what to do. We're just not doing it. It's such a common theme. And it's like, okay, great. Well, let's figure out why rather than saying, no, just come on. You need more willpower. You need to do it. You just so easy. All you do is just eat more broccoli. And it's like, <laughs> why? do you know what I mean? Yes. And I yeah. love picking apart that why, because it always stems down to why I don't feel worthy enough or I don't feel good enough or something's holding me back. And it's like, that's the stuff that sets my soul on fire. And yeah. that's why I changed from being a fat loss coach to just being this you know, all round umbrella mindset queen, because I love those breakthroughs that help people see that. And I think that's the important part of what most and most coaches would agree, like you spend 90% of your time working on the mindset side of things to help them bridge the gap between that and the physical. Um, And that's just more my gig. (laughs) Absolutely. And you're so good at it too. Did you find it a struggle to move from one to the other? your mindset how difficult was that to shift the decision was easy the implementation was near impossible in my mind at that moment because you and again it's another limiting belief like you spent your entire life building one identity so I'd spent 
seven years of my career building a very specific identity for myself and like well this is what I do this is this is who I am like I can't just suddenly not do it that's a com- that's basically me saying I'm throwing away everything I've built move but actually it's that's what's going to keep you stuck if you're constantly just saying but this is how I've always been so I'm going to stay there because it's what I know it's where my comfort zone is and I'm good at it you know I was great at it so moving seemed really scary it felt like a huge shift in identity felt like well are people still gonna love me am I still gonna be relevant and you know me we're a queen of for external validation and <laughs> immediately I was like I am going to be irrelevant you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna resonate and land with people so much but I knew that for me this was me living true to what I knew I needed to do to make people feel brilliant about themselves. I knew that was far more potent than being comfortable with my identity. So yeah, the decision was easy. The implementation and the actual move was challenging, but it's like hard things are always worth having. Do you know what I mean? So Exactly. Things. Exactly. If things were super easy, we would all have what we wanted, right? Yeah. And part of the joy is in that journey. That sounds like a terrible cliche, but it no. is. If you don't enjoy that part of transition and that part of change, then what is it they say that if you set your sights only on the goal, if you're only going to be happy when, like you said mm. this before, if you don't enjoy the journey and you don't enjoy uncovering the layers that lie beneath and that self-awareness and growing as a person growth and change is uncomfortable and if you can't be on board with that and you're only going to be focusing on I'll be happy when I'll be successful when that end goal even when you get to that end goal you're still not going to be happy because that's not the reason why you're not happy that's it and you know what the goalposts always move it's like you think you you want like I always say this, but like, so when I bought my, I bought a mini, I had my first car was a polo. I bought a mini and I thought it was everything. I was like, I am the queen. This is the best purchase I will ever make. Three months later, I was like, I want an Audi. I got an Audi about a year later after trying to stick with the mini. And then I had my Audi a couple months and I was like, okay, but like, where's the Porsche? Do you know what I mean? You're always going to want something (laughs) different, whether it's just novelty and we like change and we love a little bit of just switching things up and we get bored very easily as humans. Mm -hmm. More than anything, if you are focusing so much on the outcome, you forget that the rest of your life is the process. And so you will spend your entire life miserable. If you want to lose 20 kg and you are so hell bent on losing that 20 kg and you're not appreciating the one kgs that are adding up, yeah, you're going to spend your whole life feeling like you failed because you haven't got to the 20 kg goal yet. And it's the same with anything, you know, if, if your entire goal is to become the CEO of a company, and you first, you know, when you first join the company, you're say, one of the assistant kind of type roles, it's like, if you are not really embracing each role, you're never going to get to the CEO role, you're never going to get to the top. And then when you get to the top, you know, we want something else anyway. So yeah, this is shit. I want something else. Yeah, right. (laughs) Definitely. Like being my own boss, absolutely gross. Terrible. (laughs) I would not change it. Yeah. And that's like, be careful what you wish for, right? Because we always set our sights on, oh, this is a great idea. I really want that to happen. And then when it does, the reality of it isn't always what we expected or desired at the time. Tell me about 
the viral video that you made. How long ago was it? Oh, maybe, do you know, I don't three, know. Maybe three years? Three years ago, yeah. I think three it, years ago. No, it, it was in August. So I assume, it, I think it was It must three be three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, so tell us about that. Yeah, tell us about that and how it changed you and how it changed your business. Oh my God. Do you know, I learn lessons from this experience still to this day. Every couple of weeks, uncover a new <laughs> moment from it, right? Yeah, because this is why I want people to hear this story. Because what I just said about be careful what you wish for, mm. because the reality might not be what you expected. And everybody wants their videos, their content on social media to go viral. They want to create mass awareness. So talk us through what happened. First of all, you don't. You don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Do you know, it was very much, 50% of it was a complete catapult moment. And it really was a defining moment for my business and my life. The other 50%, was a brick wall that I put up for myself. And so it's mm -hmm. so difficult because there's two very different sides of this. But for anyone that doesn't know, I posted a video way back when I post, I used to do something called a Rant Wednesday, but then got changed to We Got This Wednesday because Rant Wednesday was just so negative. Um, <laughs> but I used to do something called Rant Wednesdays, which was every single week I'd do a video on a different topic. And this week's topic that I had done was something I had been writing down in my notes since I started PTing. It was about a slimming club. I'm not gonna say it because I nearly got sued. I'm not gonna say <laughs> it, but it was about a slimming club and I wrote down anything that my clients had said about it, anything that was a struggle for them, whatever it was, I wrote it all down. And I basically did, I did an 11 and a half minute video on Instagram, which is unheard of, right? Like yeah. 11 minute videos, no one's watching that on Instagram. Frustratingly, <laughs> They did. <laughs> and it got in, so that I posted it on the Wednesday and by Thursday evening, I'd doubled my following. And by yeah. the end of the Sunday, I'd gone away to a mountain, like a cabin in the mountains for a week, a, a nice relaxing weekend away, which turned out to be the opposite. <laughs> by the end of the Sunday, I'd gained maybe think it was about 7,000 followers in the space wow. of like three days. Yeah. And not only that, but that video had been watched over 100,000 views. It had, I mean, my, I'd kept my consultation Calendly, so the booking form that I use for consultations, I'd kept that open because I didn't really, I was in the mountains, I didn't really have much signal, I didn't know really what was going on. I was aware that I was yeah. being, having loads of messages come through and emails and I mean, I got thousands of DMs, hundreds of emails, and I had about 60 odd, maybe more than that, consultation calls booked in on my wow. form. And at that point, I was having a couple a week, you know, it was a steady. I didn't have the like 30 minute buffers between calls. Oh, no. So it 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes, 30 minutes. For about three months, it was packed out for wow and it's you know so it really skyrocketed a lot of things for me um, yeah. but it also very much squashed squashed my confidence which is mad because uh, hello queen of validation I felt on top of the world I was like I had a, a slimming club worker so someone that worked for HQ at slimming club did I say the other one anyway no at slim at this slimming club 
she reached out to me and she said, I just want to let you know, I've quit my job because of this video. And so it was the impact and it was huge. Yeah, it was the best five minutes of my entire life. And I was like, this is everything I've worked so hard for. It's finally paying off. I'm helping all of these people for free as well. You know, all yeah. these people are changed their entire worlds in 11 minutes. It was so like my heart was so on fire from it. And then the anxiety kicked in. <laughs> and I have ne I've never had anxiety before. I'd never ever in my entire life had a, an anxiety attack, a panic attack, any form of worry in any way, any form of you yeah. know, un uh, something my brain couldn't comprehend as, you know, anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I was on top of this mountaintop. I got a call from somebody saying that they were going to sue because of slander or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to jail. This is the worst day of my life. And I got on a group call with some people that I worked closely with at the time. And everything that I'd worked for, my entire world that had just been built up in the last couple of days, my proudest moment of my life at that point suddenly went from being the best thing that's ever happened to, oh, okay, yeah, that, that wasn't something I was worthy of having. So it got stripped away from me really quickly by someone basically saying, A, you got lucky and it was a fluke. And B, you wouldn't be where you are without having something that somebody else had helped create. And being very, what's the word, like cryptic about this, but essentially I let some, I let, mm, I gave away my power because I accepted that somebody had told me that I would be nothing without them. And that crushed me, Tanya. That like, yeah. and you know, like my, especially at the time, my self-confidence was so paper thin that like, it, rip, gone. It was gone. Yeah. And I bawled my eyes out on top of this mountain, came home. And you know what? I didn't lean in to the fact that I just gained all these followers. I didn't lean into the message that I knew was so important for me to share because I was so worried that it would be just taken away from me again, you know? And yeah. that's a really common theme for me. And it's something I keep trying to unlearn is that, you know, my power is always mine unless I let someone take it. And I think that was a defining moment for me. And then I had about 25 panic attacks in the space of about a month. It was like, it just spiraled from there and not in a positive way, in a really, in a really, like negative way. I went into a big hole. I still showed up, but I stopped showing up as the person I knew I was. I showed up as the person I thought the other, you know, the 12,000 people at the time wanted me to be. Yeah. And yeah, that was hard. And I still, you're gonna, you know, I still learn lessons from it every single day. I still learn not to, that, I, that I'm very much shy away from leaning into the things I believe in because I'm worried about other people's perceptions. And yeah, the fact that I just, I very easily let people take my power away from me, which I'm learning not to do so much. So yeah, it was a defining moment. Let's put it that way. I still get messages now from people saying, just to let you know, your video changed my life. And it's, you know, three years later. And so it was powerful. And it's because I just spoke what I really believed through to my core. And if you do that, you resonate with people just yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of messages in there that are and thank you for being honest and open about that joe
it's important that people see the glamour and the, I guess, the validation of high follower counts and high engagement on Instagram isn't everything that it's cracked up to be. Mm. And that when you're thrust into a spotlight the way that you were, and this would be true for every influencer that has to basically perform Mm. as a character or as a version of themselves that they think their audience expects the pressure from that and the anxiety that came off of that because you realized very quickly that didn't feel right and the anxiety and the panic attacks was you responding to this isn't this isn't right this isn't what I wanted and having your power taken away from you and feeling that you didn't have control. This is kind of the journey that you're helping people move away from, isn't it? So you're on the journey with people. And this is what I love about coaching, particularly about honest coaches who don't pretend that they're the experts in this, but that they are learning alongside of you. They are with you on this journey and that perfectionism doesn't exist and that we all come up against the same problems and that we might just get over it a little bit quicker or we might get through it a little bit quicker than we did before and that you're 25 steps ahead of everybody else because Mm. of this massive acceleration of experience and insight that you were pushed through. Yeah. And do you think that if you look back, would you do the same again? Yes. And I think if you'd have asked me, last year I'd have probably been like absolutely not never again (laughs) but at this moment it's so much I mean you can't regret things in life because they make you who you are and they show you so much about yourself and about people around you but more than anything I am very and we all are hyper focused on the negatives a lot of the time yeah and even that video you know however many hundreds of comments there was the first time that video went up so I didn't tell you the video I had to take it down because I was too scared I was going to go to jail and then I put it back up and the second time it went up it wasn't received and it was still it went viral again and it got maybe maybe about 90,000 but it got a lot more of the anti of the kind of cult followers yep being uh judgmental towards the video and so a lot of that focus was negative that second time round. And something that I am very used to doing is laser focusing on those negative comments. But the funny thing about this whole time in my life was I will never forget the long essay emails that women sent me about how amazing, you know, their lives, how their lives have completely changed from 10 minutes, you know, that is one thing that will always be burnt into my memory. And it's the power of that positivity really outweighed the the couple of negative comments, which is unusual for me. And so I, I, I will never regret that because it helped so many people change their outlooks. And and best part is they didn't have to pay anyone to do it at that moment. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it changed so many lives. I will never regret doing it. I, Now, if it were to happen again, I would be better equipped to to manage it. And you're absolutely right with what you said about the 25 steps ahead. I always say to my clients, like the best thing about our coaching relationship is I am literally not even 25. I'm 10 steps ahead. So I've been through it. I've been through the mud. I can help you do it in a way that maybe won't help you, won't make 
so many of the mistakes I did along the way, but also the great thing about me not being so far removed and such a huge expert and, you know, being the smartest person that ever existed, we know that that's definitely not going to be the case, but that's the perfect reason why I'm a perfect coach for my girls is because I resonate with them so much because I'm like, yeah, same. Let's get through that together. I did this a couple of months ago to help myself overcome that. Here's how I think we could do that together. Or here's a couple of different ways this might help you. And I think that it, the pe- the coaches that coach people and they're, you know, I don't know, say like completely top of their game because they're so far away from, like I've got a couple of mentoring clients and one of them is, a coach who is, she's so good at what she does. She's so smart, so intelligent. But because of that, she really struggles to connect to her audience and connect to her clients because, you know, her clients don't care about, I don't know, the, not, some, most of her clients probably don't care about the tiny different micronutrients in the different types of food that are going to help you with different functions. They just want to know a blueberry is going to make me feel great. Yeah, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And I think, Sometimes when you're too many steps ahead, you lose empathy for where that client is. And I think that's one of the most important parts of coaching and being able to really know what it, not even know what it feels like, but know how to, how they're feeling in that moment to help them overcome it. And you can definitely be, the bridge can be too far apart for a lot of people. Yeah. You're too smart. Yeah, I get it. And it, it's, we do see it happening quite a lot within science-based industries that they, the messaging that can be put out is so technical or scientific that the message just doesn't land because you need to meet people where they're at mm. in, in everything is that if you're so removed from reality, I think it, when you're a coach, if you don't have that connection, with your clients, that communication aspect, that ability to create rapport, which is the essence of every coaching relationship is to build rapport and trust before you try to implement everything else. If you can't do that, and content on social media is where that starts. A relationship starts through communication and that's where we get our clients from. If we're not able to create that connection, if we're not able to build rapport through our content, it's a struggle. Like it's a big struggle to get people on board with who you are and what you want to do with the best will in the world. You can be the most technically minded, intelligent, integrative coach. But if you've not had a conversation with someone in some shape or form, then it's pointless. Yeah. And if you're like you were saying about being, you know, so such an expert in it that you're so technical and you that's really brilliant for certain demographics of people like great lean into that if that's your gig but be able to communicate that message to that person in the way that works for them and it's it's I think like for me personally if I didn't struggle sometimes with my body image and I didn't have those moments where I threw a bit of a tantrum whilst getting ready I wouldn't be able to say to my clients look I know how that feels mate that's like let's get let's have some actionable points to get out of that but being able to use even like say you pull something from research right because a lot of especially with evidence base if you pull it from research I think that the most effective way to communicate that is to be able to know it so deeply so it's not about not being smart enough or whatever but being knowing it so deeply 
that you could explain it to literally anyone and you could explain it in a million different ways until it lands yeah. with that person. And I think that's what so many successful Instagram people, should we say, that's what a lot <laughs> of the big names do so well is they repeat one message over and over again until it lands with the specific person. I think especially with that Slimming Club video, like that's why that did so well because I knew exactly how to say every kind of little inch of that in a way that would resonate with a different person. Yeah, because that information had been relayed to you through conversation. So you were absorbing your market constantly. They were coming to you with their worries, their fears, their struggles, and you were listening and you were helping them. And then through that, realized that this is a wider problem. So I need to communicate this in a way that can maximize the impact and you did it so well because of that relationship and that communication and being able to resonate and relate that to the mass market and you're right if you can't as a coach or as an educator if you can't do that then it's a struggle yeah and that like I just think that trust in each other as a coach client relationship is so freaking important because if not like you you're afraid to get honest with each other. And so mm. much of, I'm very fluffy as a coach. And I totally, I love that about me because I'm like, you're a goddess, you're a queen, you can do it, I believe in you. And because of that, when the tough love happens, it's so much more potent. It's like, whoa, Joe's being sassy with me. This is important, like I need to listen. And so I love mm -hmm. that about me. But if you have a coach who is purely on the technical, they are not really deeply understanding exactly. And like you said, just listening and listening to really understand what's going on rather than listening to be able to give the advice or you know, tell yeah. them the fact or, or give them the research evidence and whatever. It's like when you can really listen to understand it, you can then really deeply help someone, you know, rather than it just being, oh, here's a fact, let's throw it and see if it sticks. It's like, well, no, because that person might, interpret that so differently to what that research suggests and even this morning I was on a call with my mentoring client and we were talking about that like when when she's talking to her client about I don't know say let's take let's pull body image and talk about I mentioned the correlation between obviously like sun wearing sunscreen actually improves your body image and I was saying like you could say that but is that going to resonate or body functionality which what the hell even is that straight over most people's head <laughs> like truly yeah. accepting the functions your body has so pumping blood around the your heart pumps blood around your body which keeps you alive and blah 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 right that to me I'd check out I don't yeah, so, yeah. I don't care about what's going on internally but I do care mm. that I get to do a secret handshake with my partner before we go to bed I do care that <laughs> you might get to hug your kids before they go to school because your arms give you that possibility. You know, yeah. the, it's about really taking whatever you know and then making sure you connect that to what your client gives a shit about. Yeah, so this is values, right? Values and beliefs and alignment. And if we can relate a solution to something that they already care about, like you've just said, the result is yeah. epic for like them. Like so much more powerful that way. Cause people like, you'd say so many things and it just goes straight over most people's head. But if you're like, and again, that can't happen unless you've got to know them. That can't happen unless mm -hmm. you've gone, you've talked so frequently about their kids or their, 
the importance they put into their career or the fact that they care so much about even caring so much about what other people think it's like okay we can use to unpick that and also help you in all of the areas of life but again if you're not communicating that with each other and trusting each other enough to have those open conversations like it's just always going to land flat so yeah I think it's so important (laughs) can you tell listeners if they want to work on self-esteem self-confidence self-awareness where do you start so I don't feel great about myself I look in the mirror and I really don't like myself how can I start to make an improvement with that what happens I think so many of us forget the first thing and so the very first thing is literally just acknowledging that's what's going on and like literally it's just that acceptance of like instead of so many of us we do say we look in the mirror and we hate what we see or we feel really incompetent in our jobs and so we just you know hate every second of it we're not we're so busy berating ourselves for it and having a go at ourselves for it and adding a bunch of I should be doing this I should feel like that I'm so pissed off that I don't you know we're so quick to beat ourselves down about it that we're not really acknowledging or we're not listening. We're not listening to what's actually going on. And I think the really important first step is to just listen to what's going on, observe those thoughts that are coming in, what your mind is trying to tell you. When you look in the mirror and you're saying, you know, you're saying you hate your body. Okay, cool. What will dig deep on that? What do you hate about it? Why do you hate it? Where's that come from? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? What sensations come in? What are the thoughts that creep in? What are you making those things mean about you as a person? Like really understanding, really just creating awareness about what you're actually saying when those things are being said and what you're making Mm -hmm. them mean about you. I think it's just like, well, I mean, that's number one, two and three, I guess. But that's the first thing is just, (laughs) just recognizing that it's happening because it's so easy to just float through life and just do the things and beat yourself up for not doing the things or doing too much of one thing and spending all that time with the negative self loop in your mind rather than actually mm-hmm. going, oh, okay, so there's a problem here. What is the problem? If you don't know what the problem is, you can't find the solution. And so the most of the time with my clients, that's what we spend the time doing is figuring out what are you actually telling yourself here? What's actually going on? so that we can create a bit of an action plan to bridge that gap from where you are to where you want to be. I think without just that level of awareness on some, some part, you just, you're never going to know where you're going. You're never going to know what direction you need to turn to. So that's the first step. It sounds like it's painful for people or uncomfortable for that to happen. And I'm not going to dress this up. I'm a coach. I know that this work is, difficult and there is a harsh realization that we aren't kind to ourselves most of the time I heard statistics from I think it was Owen I think his name's Owen O'Kane or Owen Kane psychotherapist that we have 80,000 thoughts a day 60% of those thoughts are negative no 70% of those thoughts are negative and 60% of those negative thoughts are repetitive Mm -hmm thoughts so we are repeatedly 
saying the same negative things to ourselves over and over again. So it's no wonder that we are drawn to negative mindsets yeah. and that we have to work hard to overcome that story about ourselves. And the work is uncomfortable. Yeah. So how can we... So having a coach obviously supports you through that and you support your clients. I support my clients on these kinds of transformations. Somebody that doesn't have a coach or a support network, what can they do to be encouraged and supported, self-supported to continue mm. the work? I think it's what you said about the repetitive thoughts is really interesting and it is so true. And that's where... I think that's the place where we should start. If you're doing this alone and you haven't got the support of someone helping you, helping guide you through these moments, I want you to really look at, or re like literally, I think, spend the next week really being aware of those thoughts. And the ones that come up regularly, do a little tally. Oh, you know, I hate my body. I'm so dumb. I can't believe I said that. Like, I'm so stupid with this. I'm so bad at words whatever it is and just put a little tally next yeah. to them all so you just go right okay i got i said that eight times today like that is okay yeah that without judgment so instead of going oh my god i can't believe i've said this so many times i'm such a dickhead i can't believe i've said that you're beating <laughs> yourself up about beating yourself up you know you're adding shit on top of shit so yeah. we need to remove the second shit first of all are we allowed to say shit on this podcast we can say whatever we okay. want to my podcast. So you're adding shit on top of shit. So the first thing we need to do is take the shit away and practice, not learn to, but practice removing the judgment. But the most important thing we can do, I think, when it comes to doing it this alone is A, observing things, really getting clear on exactly what you're saying to yourself, but being able to start calling yourself out when your when these things are going on and stopping yourself in your tracks because there's no one there to do it for you if i'm on a check-in with a client and she says i'm so pissed off because i've just done this and, and i can't believe i just did that i will literally stop her immediately and be like no absolutely not let's rewind what <laughs> should we say and you know what can we say instead of this or you know how do you why do you feel you're judging yourself for that moment you know what's coming up there why do you feel guilty why is there shame added to this and i think so many of us add the shame on top, which is, it's the extra shit we're adding to it. So if we can call ourselves out when we're doing it without the judgment, just say, well, hang on, that wasn't very nice. Let's rewind. Then everything else gets so much easier. And you stop immediately. Like you said, with these, we create those kind of, we create these pathways of thoughts. And if you repeat a thought enough yeah. times, it becomes your default mode. And so if you're constantly going to that default mode, of course, you're going to beat yourself up every time you say something negative because you've done it your entire life. So creating a different path for yourself is so much more effort. And yeah, it's painful. Like we don't yeah. like to acknowledge. We, we can't even give ourselves a compliment. Like how do we expect to really dig deep on the shit that we don't like about ourselves and that, you know, makes us feel a little bit less than, makes, you know... I think so much of it is just understanding your strengths and not so strengths and being able to accept both and doing that all without the extra judgment and the extra shit on top. Um, so if you're doing yeah. it alone, the best thing you can do is call yourself out without the judgment 
and start really understanding exactly what's going on for yourself and write it the hell down. Like we love a quick cheeky journaling prompt, like write it down. Yeah, writing it down, journaling. And there's you have journal prompts on your social mm-hmm. media, right? And you put journal prompts down for people. What matters to you in life, Joe? Tanya, we have been through this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that was a private conversation. So. Uh, <laughs> Tell me. I, there are so many things that matter to me and yet very little that matters to me. I think what matters to me is small things deeply matter. I care so deeply about making other women feel even just better, just an inch brighter than they did the day before. And that's like, honestly, for me, that's the ultimate. It's like that. That's why I always say that my business matters so much to me and that I would literally drop everything else in my life to keep hold of my business. Like it's my baby. But the last couple of months I've noticed my business isn't my baby. The purpose behind the business is my baby. And so that's 100% the most important thing in my entire life is just making sure that A, other women feel less alone in how they're feeling and they know that it's so normal to feel all of these things in in their life, but that it doesn't have to be that way. Or and, it's normal and it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's like, I will shout that for the, from the rooftops for the rest of my life until I'm like 90 and like not able to stand up and then I will get someone else to shout it instead. <laughs> A legacy. <laughs> You'll pass That's it down it. to someone. And what can, how can people find more of your work? So if somebody wants to connect with you after they've listened to this podcast and they want to absorb more of your work and get a feel for who you are. Where can people find I'm on Instagram, which is Thrive with Jojo. Uh, and pretty much any everything is Thrive with Jojo. So my website is www.thrivewithjojo.com. I've got a TikTok, which we're not telling people about because it's scary. <laughs> but I'm loving it. So if you want to get like my real personality and just like me being very much me without the filter of, perfectionism coming in TikTok's your gig and then I do have a podcast as well called the note self podcast which is having a cheeky little break but we'll be back over the next two months so yeah that's another place where you can kind of binge listen to me waffle about things (laughs) fab I'll put all the links to your profiles in the show notes for this um what would you recommend so other than your content is there a podcast or a book or an author or an Instagram influencer that you would recommend people follow or absorb to start to do yeah, this work? There are two books that I will recommend for the rest of my life. The, probably the only two books I will recommend. I've got about I've got about 50 sitting on that shelf and it's still these two books that come up. The first one is The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris and it's all about act therapy. It's all about acceptance and commitment therapy. And honestly, it's really powerful in changing your perception of the world around you. So changing the way you see things, changing your perspectives on, you know, the negative thoughts that come in, learning to kind of not necessarily feel fear and do it anyway, but understand that fear isn't actually that scary, believe it or not. Like getting out of your comfort zone is, 
easier than it looks or than it feels and just seeing the world in it from a brighter perspective which I think is so freaking important and then the second one is you are a badass by Jens and Zero and it's a bright yellow book and it's the first <laughs> Philippe Tan the first book I ever read and I'm not like I'm talking about the last book I read before that was Biff Chip and Kipper like I haven't read since I was maybe 10 I didn't when I was at school I had an essay that I had to do it for a book and I paid my I don't, am I allowed to say this or will I get sued I paid my sister to do it for me so I, I didn't even read the sc- books at school like it was I'd never read before this it was the first book I picked up and I opened it and about 10 pages in there was just this like revelation moment that I had and it's what got me into reading but like that book changed the course of my life it's all about how you see yourself so the happiness trap is more how you perceive the world around you and how you uh, yeah. digest information that's going on and interpret information you are a badass is more about kind of connecting with your own power and showing yourself that you're capable and, and that you can do literally anything and so two very good books Excellent. I'll put links to those in the show notes as well. I've just ordered that yeah. last Harris book for myself. Yeah. yeah, because ACT therapy is something that it's another framework that I want to bring into to what I do. I like to take bits of lots of different coaching models and absorb them yeah. into the work that I do. That's my version yeah, of I university. Love it. It's so <laughs> like that. But there's a part in this book about demons on a boat. I think it's literally called Demons on a Boat, the title of the chapter. It's all about like your, that you're, and I'm going to butcher it, but your thoughts, your, imagine you're on a boat and you're trying to sail somewhere and these demons are coming in and these are your thoughts. They can't hurt you, but if you listen to them, you're not going to keep sailing. You're not going to keep pushing forward. You're going to just sit there and let it consume you. And I just like it. I just think there's so many powerful mental visuals in that book. I think you'll love it. Let me know how you yeah. Full of metaphors. Yeah. I love a metaphor. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Joe, and enlightening my listeners with your positive, confident, sassy Ooh, self. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for listening. You have just listened to the Conversations with a Coach podcast with me, your host, Tanya Filer. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for resources and links to previous episodes and the YouTube channel. Don't forget to share and tag on your social posts. And thank you for listening.